0: Let's try some football! Run right to the back of him! Run right to the middle and out the back! What's known in
2: football terms as a slam dunk.
1: Baby, you're a work, Come on, show and work! Make him go! Ah, 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 as you shoot across the sky. Baby,
2: Welcome to Daytime Fireworks. I'm your host, Zach Barry, joining me as he does every single week, David Brandt of the Associated Press. David, I hope that your shirt's tucked in, you combed your hair, you brushed your teeth because uh, you got to pay your respects. It is Alabama week.
0: I combed what little bit of hair I have left, so <laughs> <Okay>. it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's an easy fix now. Okay. Low maintenance, but I'm ready. Um. So Ole
2: Miss three, and zero, uh, ranked 15th in the polls. If I have that correctly, uh, in the AP poll, they are 15 Alabama is 13, probably the closest ranking that we have had in quite some time. If memory serves and probably the first time in a long time that Alabama has a loss coming into this game, um, when it's this early in the season, obviously, but uh, I believe the stat is the last time it was this close was 2007, I believe. Um, wow. I think I think Alabama was maybe 24. I think they were ranked 24. That was right at
0: the beginning of the the say that was Saban's prime. second year, maybe first year.
2: I think yeah, I think it was his first year, and then 2002, I believe they were unranked. I think I have that correct. Um, but, yeah, 15 versus 13, CBS 230 at Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Ole Miss handled Georgia Tech. Alabama in a just bizarre non-conference road game. Coming off a loss to Texas at home in a just monsoon uh, I don't know if you saw, David. They had to repaint the hash marks at the field because it had rained so much. Um, <laughs> they used a, to
0: rain in Tampa.
2: Uh, yeah, there it, uh, it was a delay. Whatever, Bama wins it 17-3. to um, Look, a game that was never in doubt. Alabama was never going to lose that game. South Florida had 14 first downs. Alabama had 15. Alabama was 5 for 15 on third down. South Florida was 5 for 17. And they were 2 for 6 on fourth downs. Alabama just 310 total yards, only 107 through the air. They ran for 203. Am I crazy to think that Ole Miss should be supremely confident going into this one on Saturday?
0: Oh, I, I think they should feel as good about it as they have in a long time. As as good as you'll ever feel going into Bryant Denny. I, I don't see how you could be in a in a better position. I mean, Alabama, I'm sure will be, you know, raring to go and and ready to prove that they're not that type of team. But there, there's there's no question. Alabama has quarterback issues right now. Like they're they're reaching and you know searching for ways to get the ball going through the air and, and find some offense. And I, I think the rest of the team, the defense is good. You know, it, it's Alabama, but I think Old Miss has proven that it's a pretty good team through three games. And like I said, Alabama's still searching for particularly an offensive identity. And so I, I think, you know, really if you're Ole Miss, this is about as good as it gets going into Tuscaloosa.
2: Yeah. The identity thing is, is bizarre. Uh, that's big for me when talking about, matchups and and just college football in general. And I think you would agree regardless of the, the matchup of two teams. um, If there is any semblance of doubt or any semblance of a chance for one team over the other. um, If one team has an, a true identity and they do not stray from it. And the other has one in question. I know which way I'm leaning. Um, Look, if we want to keep it in house here, Mississippi State right now, they don't have an identity. They had a true identity under Mike Leach the last couple years, and they knew exactly who they were, and they were good at it. Now they don't have an identity, and they are scrambling. They are – it could spiral quickly there, David, but –
0: Yeah. No question. I mean, that's the thing. That's why Mississippi State always scared me this year. I really like Will Rogers. I like a lot of the players, and Zach Arnett might be a a really good coach, but when you – like you said, when you totally switch an identity with that, most of that roster has spent time, you know, learning that identity. It's just, Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's a tough ask. I mean, it's, it's been done before. It's not not impossible, but I mean, kind of look at what's going on at Colorado right now, but it's, it's hard to do, especially when you're having to play LSU.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, but Alabama, it's, it's so weird to talk about, this program and this matchup and this and this game on Saturday with so much doubt and so much in question. Um, it, it's truly uncharted territory, right? I mean, um, I, I don't think anybody was shocked they named uh Jalen Milroy as the starter. Um it, there are rampant rumors that he was suspended for something, so that's why he didn't play against South Florida. They started Tyler Buckner. They played Ty Simpson. They were both miserably bad. They they just could not, no continuity with the passing game, could not move the ball. Um, they ended up just grounding and pounding in that game and just running over South Florida. But I it's fascinating to me after going from Jalen Hurts to Tua Tonga-Vailoa to Mac Jones to Bryce Young, and now you're in this right spot.
0: Now. It's crazy, yeah. right? No, I mean, you know, that's Alex Scarborough actually with ESPN has a good piece today kind of talking about, you know, how how bizarre it is to see Alabama like that. He mentions, you know, and some people just think like sometimes you just run out of luck, you know. I mean, not that recruiting is all luck, but you know what I mean. There's an element of that involved. And I think, you know, they just kind of hit a dry spell. But, yeah, I mean, after you sort of, with Alabama over the years, you just kind of assumed they just would plug and play, and whoever they had, you know, it seemed like Mac Jones was like the third string quarterback at Alabama forever, and then he just steps in and plays really well. So um, I think, like we've talked about before, Bryce Young was covering up some things, uh, some cracks in the foundation last year, and and now so far they don't have a guy who can who can mask those things. So. It 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 is just different. It's weird to talk about Alabama like this, and, and the the Nick Saban dynasty has gone on for so long that you feel weird, you know, declaring it, it's just been so long. You're hesitant to declare the end of the Alabama dynasty as we know it. But this is right. as vulnerable as I've seen Alabama in a long time. I'm not saying the dynasty's over or anything; far from it. But this yeah. is as vulnerable as I've seen the program in a long time.
2: That was kind of the conversation over the off season at media days. Oh well, it's Alabama. They'll they'll figure it out. It's Nick Saban. He recruits well. He always pieces it together. All of that. I mean, that's basically been they they now they've had you know last year. Well, we got Bryce Young. He won the Heisman. We're good. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, Tua even Mac Jones who had been in the system and and he stepped right in and they, and they were really good it, there. It, it, it was always, you had this known commodity that was going to keep everything together and it was going to be fine. But now it's just, it's a quarterback league. It's a quarterback sport. um, And I think that that's what right now, Ole Miss fans, you could argue that Jackson Dart is the best quarterback in the SEC. He's certainly certainly been the most important quarterback so far because I think Ole Miss probably struggles to win on the road against Tulane without Jackson Dart. Um, Now, I think they probably still win the game against Georgia Tech, but, I mean, he was outstanding in that game and made play after play after play. I think that this game this weekend is going to hinge on his performance, for better or worse, Um, you know. No pressure over there, Jackson Dart. But um yeah. I, I mean, I think this offense obviously goes through him as the quarterback. But it's it certainly goes as he goes.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just look at his numbers from last week. I mean, you know, runs for more than a hundred yards, hits on some big passes. Everything they do is through him, and and he does because it's this isn't the first time he's run for more than a hundred yards. But I think he has. Some sort of gift for sort of lulling people to sleep a little bit. I maybe it's just yes. Quinchon maybe Judkins is back there and so you think you're gonna, you know, have the ball off the head, which they do quite a bit or Ulysses Bentley, but um you know, Jackson Dart was great against Georgia Tech. And, you know, just when you think you've got him, oh, we're gonna force him to throw, then he completes some big passes and then oh, we're gonna force him to run and he can run. So I, I do that's what I have been most impressed with I mean I I don't think Jackson Dart is the kind of guy that you want to just throw 60 times a game and try to throw for 400 yards that's probably not ideal but I do think Ole Miss is reaching and and Jackson Dart is reaching the point where okay you want to take this away all right we can do this and and they did that a decent amount against Georgia Tech and uh, you know I I think that bodes well for the rest of the season like you said and, and as far as identity goes Ole Miss understands what it is. The action runs through Jackson Dart, you know, especially when, when Judkins is totally healthy. They've got a solid run game. But but they know what they're trying to do. And, and it's been that way now for a solid almost year and a half. And I, I think that bodes well when you're going into a tough road environment, going into a team, facing a team that's trying to find itself. I, I feel really good about Ole Miss right now going into this game. And and like I said, it's, all, it's always Bama – It's always on the road. It's always going to be tough. But Ole Miss, like I said, should feel about as confident as it ever does going into Tuscaloosa.
2: Yeah, and look, Judkins is probably going to find his footing. He's he's been – He's he hasn't gotten off to the hot start he got off to as a freshman. Still a good running back. He's still going to be there. But, yeah, I mean, it's funny to say that Jackson Dart is – the face of this team and he is the face of this offense. He's the trigger man through the passing game. And then he's been really productive on, on the ground as well. I think that this is a, a true product of second year in the system, much more comfortable and much more trust from Lane Kiffin and calling the offense. He's made much better decisions. He hasn't really forced anything, through the first three games, the one pick he had, I think, was a uh, a slip out of a break for a receiver. Um, I think pretty much everybody would tell you that. I think Dayton Wade would admit that that it was on him because the ball was there. Um, so it's not like he's had the the head-scratching interceptions um, and he he's taking care of the football. So I think that that's what you got to do on the road, David. You got to take care of the football and you got to make people pay. When you have chances. And so far, they've been able to do that. So, um, turning the page to this game. Um, the news on the injury front so far has been encouraging for Ole Miss. I think they expect Zachary Franklin to make his first appearance in an Ole Miss uniform on the field. He was dressed out last week. He didn't play against Georgia Tech. Um, and then I think you will get your first look at Caden Priestcorn, the uh all everything tied in from Memphis. So if those two guys are on the field, I think regardless of how productive or how big of a game they have, Alabama is going to have to account for them. And I think that's going to open things up for Dart and the rest of the guys on the offense. How do you see this one shaking out Saturday?
0: Well, I agree with you. I mean, as always – Taking care of the ball is is important, and I think that Ole Miss has shown that it usually does that. I just covered a game off-topic this past weekend covering Arizona State, which turned out the ball over eight times in a loss to Fresno State. I've never seen that before. It was one of the uh, most bizarre games I've ever seen. But uh, anyway, getting, getting back to Ole Miss, taking care of the ball is important, and I think this is the type of game that Ole Miss – you know, I'm not saying they want a shootout, but I, I do think you want to get a little higher scoring. You wanna see if Alabama can keep pace. because uh, I, I haven't I haven't seen a, a ton of evidence that they want a, a high scoring game.
2: I was gonna also say I think that this game could also be played in the twenties and almost be fine with that as as prone as they are to, you know, quote, score from far and to put up big numbers, I think this offense could easily control the ball. And I'm not saying that they're just going to line up and run right at Alabama, but they've shown the ability with Kiffin because he's going to adjust and he's going to play to his strengths and he's going to find a weakness. He's going to find a mismatch and he's going to expose it. So maybe on Saturday, the mismatch is going to be going over the top or exposing the middle of the field. But I do think that Ole Miss could really take the air out of the football and control clock with Judkins, with Bentley and with Dart running the football. And then, you know, keep Saban guessing that way. But I think you're probably right here. I think that Ole Miss is going to try to really put the pedal to the metal and hey. We don't care who you start. You're going to have to keep up with us. And that's where I think this game could kind of get squirrely for Bama. If Ole Miss scores a couple times and Pete Golding and that defense have got something cooked up for them, because Lord knows he he knows the personnel. He knows the people over there on that sideline. If Ole Miss gets a couple stops early, I think that's where Bama's going to start. You know, those palms are going to get a little, little sweaty. And I think there are going to be some guys over there on that sideline that are looking around for someone else to make a play. Um, I think that's what you got to do if you're Ole Miss. I think you got to score quickly. you got to strike as fast as possible. And Brian Denny's not a formidable venue by any means, but if you get those folks sitting on their hands and a little quiet, that nervous energy is going to resonate with that team over there in the crimson and white.
0: Cause there's already probably some doubt, you know, oh, I, mean, I nobody will say absolutely. that, but there's 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 at least I I don't even know if doubt, but uncertainty just a a feeling, you know, you don't go to Alabama to play football, you go to win football games. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and it's it's been difficult. And I totally agree with you. The one thing that I like about Ole Miss is if they can get off to a fast start and get up say you know, 14 to three or 10 to three, even, or something like that. They do have the ability to take the air out of the football and control clock and run. And they should, at least Uh, they've shown that in the past. And with Bentley, with Judkins, with Dart, you would think they would be able to do even Spencer Sanders being able to come in and and kind of show some. So, um, you know, I, I do think if Ole Miss, I mean, it's sort of, you know, captain obvious here, you know, Ole Miss wants to get an early lead, but I do think in in this case, in particular, even a fairly small lead, it's not like you got to get up three touchdowns. Um, You know, if you get up 10 points, 13 to three, something like that, I, like you said, I think more than usual, the palms get sweaty for Alabama and, you know, they have to find a way and prove that they can, you know that Milrow can take them down on the field and and make good decisions and execute multiple times in a row against a really good SEC defense.
2: You know, before we hit the break, David, I do uh, want to extend this this cordial invite to uh, some some Alabama fans that you know, if if things were to go south, they might hit the exits early, and uh, you know they they could be you know north of sixty sixty five. They they could be looking to. Maybe uh cut their health insurance premiums by as much as twenty to thirty percent. Hell, Nick Saban, he, you know, if the dynasty's done, he might be looking to retire. He might, he might need to look into uh a Medicare supplement plan. If Nick Saban or anybody in the Alabama fan base is looking to do this, you can call Drew Moke of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. USA Benefits Group. Proud sponsor of this here show, Daytime Fireworks. Drew is an old Miss grad located in Mississippi, but he's licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage, and he's got access to 35 different carriers. He can help you with any and all of your health insurance needs. It's anything from dental, vision, life insurance, Medicare. He's got it all. Now more than ever, it's critical to have a health insurance agent who is not only local but accessible. So even if you're Alabama, that's right next door to Mississippi, Drew can help you out. Give them a call 601-953-8449 or visit usabg.com slash DMOAK and get your free quote today. All right, we're going to take our first break here from the rest of the sponsors that make this show possible. When we come back, more daytime fireworks with David Brandt talking Ole Miss, Alabama. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30 percent? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans, to life insurance, to dental and vision, and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601-953-8449 and get your free quote today. And we are back here, Daytime Fireworks. Zach Barry, David Brandt here with you, previewing Ole Miss, Alabama. David, you brought it up, and I was going to – I had it down in my notes to get to it because I wanted to ask your take on it, but you beat me to it. Perfect segue there. I expect nothing less from the AP's finest, but you brought up Spencer Sanders. I Somebody on the on the message board had – has already posed the question, has Ole Miss saved some things on offense? Have they saved some things on defense? I think they absolutely have. They've been pretty base, pretty elementary through the first three games. Spencer Sanders has gotten some time in mop-up duty. Is this the week where they throw in a wrinkle and bring him in for some run-pass options to give at least Alabama not only you know something to think about, something to uh, – to worry about the dual threat and then also LSU and Arkansas putting that on film for them down the road. Do you think this is the week where we might see Spencer Sanders come in in some spots or do you stick with the hot hand and stick with the guy that we just talked about for 15 minutes? That's been so good so far.
0: (laughs) Uh, You know that Ole Miss has that package waiting and they are, they're itching to use it. I can almost guarantee that. And I'm sure Spencer Sanders of of all people is, is the most (laughs) itching to use it. But I, I have always, this is just a personal preference of mine. I, especially in a game against Alabama, I am wary of getting too cute too early. You know what I mean? Like coming in, you know, you've got Jackson Dart, you've got Quinchon Jenkins, you've got Ulysses Bentley, you've got all these receivers. You talk about priest corn coming in and everything like I do think you should stick with what you're good at. Yeah. Out of the gate. But I, you know, it depends. This is why they pay coaches big bucks. This is why Lane Kiffin makes way more money than me. Like it, it's a feel thing, you know. And like I, I think of, you know, the the Sugar Bowl several years ago that played a Laramie Tunsel to, you know, in the first half, you know, and everything like that. That's a total feel thing. And Hugh Freeze was really good at stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I think the same thing could happen here where there is a situation that feels right to break out the Spencer Sanders package. So I'm not predicting that it will happen, but like we both know, they do have that package and they're going to bring it out at some point. And I, I think if the time is right, if the, the feel is right, if you want to kind of go for the jugular at some point, um, I, I I think that yes, you could see it, but I think it's definitely a feel thing for Kiffin.
2: I'm not saying that they're going to bring him in first drive. I see this more as a change of pace for. Look, almost loves to go tempo. I mean the, the uh, you know the commandments, if you will, to the up tempo offense is you hit a big play. You go fast, you get back up on the line and you and you go again. You know, whether that's with a quick run, if the numbers allow it, and you try to get a quick free five, six yards, or you get a big play on the ground, you get back up there, you line up, and you take a shot. I think that in this game, you can almost guarantee that Nick Saban and Kevin Steele and that defensive staff, the message all week in practice. You hit number two when he runs the football. You hit number two when you get a chance when he drops back. You hit him as much as possible to remind him, hey man, you might need to slide down. You might need to get out of bounds here a couple of times. Dart, you know, he admitted this week he needs to slide more, but
0: I saw that. His his mom was in his ear, you know, a slide yeah. a little more, Jackson.
2: But you know, that that's kind of what gives him his edge. You know, he's got that Matt Corral type you know, as the kids would say, David, he's got that dog in him. Um, That's kind of what makes him so good is, is he's fearless. He, he's, he wants, you know, he said it this year, he wants the ball in his hands. Um, He wants to make those plays, but I think as sec play gets going, I think that staff is going to tell him like, Hey, you need to be a little smarter with your body, protect yourself. Um, I think that we could see Spencer Sanders come in. Let's say dart reels off a 29 yard run big play they get into the red zone or they get into plus territory they bring spencer sanders in quick and again we've talked about it it's not just this isn't the barry brunetti package this isn't the jeremy liggins package like spencer sanders can throw it he's already got a passing touchdown on the season he's thrown a lot of passes at his uh you know during his first stop at oklahoma state he can throw the football this isn't a oh he's in they're running it nope he you gotta honor it so i think that they certainly got some things prepped and if anything they bring him in and they just hand it off to judkins or bentley or uh, you know a little pop pass to Dayton Wade. if anything it's just hey he's in you better be ready we may not use him but you better be ready i think that's what i anticipate if they do use him it'll be for a change of pace or a wrinkle in the red zone
0: I could see that. But, but first off, I will have no Barry Bernetti slander on this, on this podcast.
2: Yeah. But,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. Barry yeah Burnetti, that was my, a, that was a name my, for the past. My apologies we to ought Barry. To rena- no, we, uh, no ill intent we ought to rename, Yeah. We ought to rename this podcast, the Barry Bernetti package. I like that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, I got off my train of thought, but yes. Um, I can see something because I, I like what you're saying there. Like like you said, the commandments of the up-tempo offense. You're trying to catch people off guard. So if you have Spencer Sanders ready on the sideline, you can hit a big play, and then suddenly you bring him in. Even if he's a decoy, you've already got Alabama on their heels that are like, oh, gosh, the other quarterback said, what do we do, what do we do? And even if you just hand off to Judkins or do something relatively simple, I, I can see something like that coming. I just always, again – Occasionally, teams will get cute with stuff like that, do direct snaps, and then they stall the momentum they have. And so, yeah, I, it, it again, it's a feel thing. And like one thing I do like about Spencer Sanders that I think is very important is it's not a predictable setup because he can throw the ball. Like, I, that's mm-hmm. what it frustrates me sometimes. You kind of go to that wildcat set, like everybody knows you're going to run the ball, so it it just limits its effectiveness to me. But I, I think you know, the, the Spencer Sanders formation, uh, you know, could cause more problems than normal. So I, I, I do think that package is ready. It's there. And I think if the t- time is right, we will see it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, this is where the cat and mouse game begins. Um, I was screaming at my television last week when, I don't know if you, well, obviously you stayed up, but you're in the, the mountain time zone. So you were, you were living right watching Colorado, Colorado State, but it was late for me over here in Central Time. But Colorado and the OC, Sean Lewis, they bring in, I think they call it the Rick Ross package, where they've got like a big defensive lineman, you know, basically a big jumbo goal line set. Sure. And, and the first time they did it, I'm sitting there, you know, everybody else in the house is asleep. And I'm talking to myself, and I'm like, oh, this is perfect, perfect time for Shadur Sanders to take the snap and just bootleg this thing out the back door, and he can walk in. Because you know Colorado State and Jay Norvell are yelling at their defense, hey, jumbo package, get in there, get in there, clog it up. And they handed it off, and they got stuffed twice. And I think this is where you're going to get that chess match between Sabin and Kiffin where – All right, we did it. We brought we brought Spencer Sanders in. Now what are we going to do? You know, like you said, is he going to be a decoy? Um, You know, I wouldn't put it past Kiffin to to put both of them on the field at the same time. You know, maybe a little. You know, I was absolutely.
0: I was just about to say that. Put Sanders out wide or something, or put Dart out wide or something like that, and just kind of you want to just sow uncertainty with that defense. Um, And and like you said. after a big game, something like that is the perfect time to do that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could, you know, a little a la row offense when ULM did that back in the day when they had they had a right-handed quarterback and a left-handed quarterback on the field at the same time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think if anything, you're going to use a lot of eye candy and try to get Bama, like you said, to to create doubt. You know, their defense is probably searching for something. They lose to Texas. Now, Texas might be a playoff team. Um, but like you said, you go to Bama to win football games, you go to Bama to win trophies, to get rings. And you you know, there was scuttle of, you know, I believe it was Tyler Booker said that they had a players only meeting. Um, I don't know about you, David, but I I feel like that's never a good sign. Um,
0: (laughs) I, I I, I
2: don't, I don't, I don't mean to equate the two programs, but Tennessee had a players only meeting last week and we saw what happened to them in the swamp. Um, So it's, it's concerning if you're an Alabama fan, right? Like this is a very dangerous game, even though it's at home.
0: Well, it just, it's, it's the tipping point of the season for Alabama. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if they lose this game, suddenly they're two and two and you know, you're staring at then doubt really creeps in. And you know, you're, you're just in a, in a spot that you haven't really been in as a program in what 15 years, maybe closer to 20 almost, you know, where you're just, you know, you know, yeah, two thousand playing out the right, not playing out the string necessarily, but again, you know, that's that's not what you come to Bama for. So I I think you could look at a players only meeting as two ways. I think it's always good when players take ownership and care. But yeah, they're there, but they are going to that well awfully early in the season. You know what I mean? Well, like, you, uh, it is, David, it is it, September nineteenth, and they are having <laughs> players-only meetings. That's early. You don't do that at Bama. Meeting.
2: Like, yeah, I, I, I would bet those conversations were had. Like, I, I bet there were some players there that were like, "Players-only meeting? What the hell are you talking about? This is Alabama. Right? You don't do that. <laughs>
0: we could <can> do that. <laughs> yeah, like we could do that. Yeah. No, it's. I mean, I, I think that speaks. And, again, just to the urgency in that program, the uncertainty and the and the desperation to some degree, which it can play well for Bama. Like I said, I'm, yeah. I'm not predicting the end of, you know, maybe these guys need to get kicked in the teeth and face some adversity and, and they'll come through on the other side and be really good. But I haven't – you know, the quarterback situation is just such right now I'm not sure they can do that. And they're, they're just going to that well awfully early The player Cause you can, you can only do that so many times. In fact, right. you could probably really only do it once, maybe twice in a year, but it, it's kind of like the coach that comes in and gives the fire and brimstone speech. You can only, you can only pull that rabbit out of the hat a couple times. It times. It, right. it doesn't work too much. So that, that's just fascinating. I, you know, again, I, I think you can look at it two ways. If you're, if you're an Alabama fan, it's good that the players are taking ownership and obviously care, but there's obviously some some scrambling going on there.
2: And you look at the schedule, and I don't think this is a look ahead spot. But like you said, you're going to the well this early for a players only meeting, and there's this much uncertainty and doubt that hasn't been around this program in twenty twenty one years. You've got Ole Miss at home, next to Texas, which is a you know fringe playoff team at the moment they're ranked 11th in the country they beat you at home now you've got number 15 Ole Miss probably has the best quarterback in the league a coach that is I mean to say that Lane Kiffin has the Alabama game circled is uh, I mean the the, the, (laughs) you think (laughs) yeah I mean he wants this one so bad then Next week, you go on the road to Mississippi State. Now, it's a hapless Mississippi State team, but that's going to be their Super Bowl. It's on the road. It's at night. That is going to be a hornet's nest with Calvin. Well, and that's one of
0: those, you know, Mississippi State, we've talked about their problems, obviously, but I still think they have a decent defense for the most part. And if that game gets ugly and, you know, if Alabama can't really – you know, is still struggling to generate offense. That's exactly what Mississippi State yeah.
2: would want. Hell, at this point, I, if I'm Zach Arnett, I might just let Will Rogers call the plays. He knows the the air raid. Just let yeah. him, just, just, I mean, you got nothing to lose, but they go at Mississippi State, then they at AM, Arkansas at home, Tennessee at home, LSU at home. That stretch right there is brutal for a team that does not have an identity at least at this point. Um, So, I mean, yeah, it gets very, very, very real at 2.30 on CBS Saturday with Ole Miss and a hungry team that is itching to prove their worth. They are – you know that Kiffin is doing the no rat poison thing, and, you know, he put out the quote of, well, you you know, Alabama probably only wanted Sontarian Perkins. That's the only guy on our roster they wanted. You know, he's – he's – Doing a little billboard, uh, billboard, little bulletin board material for his own team there, where it's like, hey, yeah, these guys aren't even that good, and they didn't want you. Like, what? Come on.
0: Yeah, he's he's going to the well as well, but uh, you know, but not necessarily. I yeah, I think this is a game that Kiffin doesn't necessarily even need to circle. Everybody cares about it so much at, at Ole Miss as they should, but yeah, I mean, this is. Again, I mean, it just kind of gets back to what we were talking about earlier. Like, Alabama's – as long as Nick Saban's there is always going to be Alabama, it's a tough situation. But I think if you're Ole Miss, you feel really good about this. I think the pressure's on Alabama. I, I think this is Alabama's season right here. And this isn't necessarily Ole Miss's season. Like, if, if Ole Miss loses, yes, that really sucks. the The sky is falling for, like, 24 hours – and then you get back at it, you've still got a chance to do pretty much everything you wanted to do. If you're Alabama, and especially with the expectations of that program, if you're two and two, four games into the season, the sky's falling for more than 24 hours. Can you imagine all the think pieces that will be out, you know, <laughs> about the end of the Alabama dynasty? You talk about sowing some doubt. Um, you know, I, I just think that Ole Miss really is not playing with house money right here, but is is really – in a in a should be in a good spot mentally physically um and and Alabama is the one right now coming in on their heels
2: yeah i am am uh, i'm i'm i mean obviously we're i'm i'm excited for every week but this one is is going to be a litmus test on both sides where has almost finally arrived like this is right I, I mean we could do a whole another podcast on this one David and look if they win on Saturday we might have this conversation next week. This is the best opportunity Ole Miss has had to win the SEC West since 2015. You look at LSU they have question marks. Their skill players don't as a as an as an amateur college football analyst, someone who covers this for a living and watches games and tries to dissect it as best as possible. LSU skill players don't scare me as a defensive coordinator, as someone who is looking to find avenues for a way for Ole Miss to win that game. They don't have, you, you, you know, they don't have the dudes on offense that that just put fear into you on film. They don't have the the Jeffersons. They don't have, um, you know, all the receivers they have with Joe Burrow. They don't have these big time playmakers that you're terrified of. They just don't oh, have it. Yeah, yeah. They, the Jarvis Landry's, they don't have those guys anymore. Um, you know, they're, I think Brian Kelly is trying to find his team as well. Like, I think they have an identity, and that's Jaden Daniels. It's honestly a little bit similar to Ole Miss, where he mm-hmm. controls the offense and everything
0: goes through him. But, and if Jaden Daniels has a good day, it's hard to beat him.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, AM is gettable. They've already lost to Miami, they got exposed a little bit there. They're still finding their footing with, their head coach, OC relationship. um. So, yeah, I mean, the West is incredibly gettable. And if you're Lane Kiffin, like, you've got your quarterback. You have a defense that is good enough. And, I, I mean, if you win on Saturday, I mean, it gets real Now, it gets real, real quick, literally and figuratively, because LSU is in town next weekend, and if Ole Miss wins Saturday, David, it's going to be a zoo in Oxford. But, I mean, the chances are there because Arkansas lost to BYU. They've got problems. Mississippi State, we've already talked about them. They have problems. I I mean, Auburn, they got lucky to get out of Berkeley with a win. Mm -hmm. I I mean, right now it's it's looking more and more like – that date, November 11th, in Athens, Georgia, is really it if they can get over this hump on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that LSU is going to be – the next week will be huge. But I, I do like how Ole Miss is set up right now. You're going into the toughest stretch of your schedule, back-to-back Alabama, LSU. You are relatively healthy. Like you said, if anything, you're getting players back. You're not losing players. This There's really – you know, I, I think, again, the pressure's on Alabama. But if you're Ole Miss right now, no excuses. You've you've got your team. You've got your identity in a world of college football where there's not a lot of continuity. You've got some continuity. Um, you know, this has been talked about ad nauseum around college football, but the SEC is not quite as scary as it's been in, you know, several years. Still obviously a really good league, but it doesn't look like there's – multiple just obvious top 10 teams so yeah i mean this is Ole miss has an amazing opportunity right now and you you take it one game at a time as annoying as that is but if you beat alabama suddenly it's all right there in front of you and and next week or the 30th or whatever is is absolute must-see tv
2: yeah i um all right so before we get into the final segment to picks for the the week in the sec let's uh let's look at this one um ole miss getting seven points from alabama on the road how do you see this one going uh i i have an idea but uh you're the guest i'm letting you have the honors here how do you see this one shaking out on saturday at 230
0: Well, ideally, like we talked about, if you're Ole Miss, you get out to a little bit of an early lead and you can take the air out of the ball. Um, For some reason, I don't feel like it's going to be like that. I I think Alabama's going to come in, you know, with some, you know, we talked about all the tricks Ole Miss might have up their sleeve. I'm sure Alabama's got a few things too. Um, I I do think seven is steep. I I think if if Ole Miss loses, it's going to be a – last second like 24 21 type thing wow. um i i think old miss has a really good shot at winning this game i i do i think it's going to be a i i think alabama is going to throw the kitchen sink and everything else at it and so i do not expect you know old miss to pull away with this game at all but i i do i i think old miss can win this game i i think they're going to win 31-24, 31-21, something like that.
2: Wow. Okay, we're on the same wavelength. I, I think, I mean,
0: right. I mean, if Ole Miss is going to do it, I I don't see a better opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I feel I I really <laughs> don't like if if not now, when like, exactly? I, I don't, so I I mean, like, could Alabama win the game? Absolutely. It's a Brian Denny, like you know. But I I actually think Ole Miss. Talent wise, matches up pretty well. I think they have an identity. I think Alabama's struggling with theirs. Ole Miss feels like the team that should win this game, and so I, I think they will. I think it'll be back and forth, and I think it's going to be thirty to twenty-four something in that range.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think um, I think this is a this is a very mature Ole Miss team. Darts a year older. He's running the offense. I, I think a lot of the Transfers that have come in, we've talked about that on this show plenty. They're all experienced guys, they play a lot of football. I don't think they're gonna get deer in the headlights in Bryant Denny Stadium. I think they're gonna be ready. Um, now the question is, when that first bit of adversity hits, how is Ole Miss going to respond? Um, you know, the first sustained drive that Bama has and they punch it in, how's Ole Miss going to respond to that? Um, I think that's big. I'm with you, though. I actually,
0: you know, I actually feel good about, you know, the one good thing about the schedule, they've faced some adversity so far this year. Yeah. You know, that 2 way yeah. game was not easy. Georgia Tech came back a little bit and made it a little squirrely there for a minute. Like, this hasn't been Ole Miss just cakewalks three straight weeks, a bunch of, sure, you know, you know FCS teams. I mean, Mercer was, but... You know, Tulane was a really good game against a really solid team, and Georgia mm-hmm. Tech. You know, they're 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 missing a little bit of talent, but that's a well coached team, and they had to work to win that game. So, yeah, I, I feel uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I feel no. that that's Ole a great Miss point. Has shown already that you know they can handle some adversity, and it's a little different at Bryant Denny, but I I don't think it's that much different to be honest.
2: Yeah, and again, like you said, if not this year, then then when will it ever happen? Alabama's down. Jalen Milroe is the quarterback, you know, all due respect to the, the Milrow family, but he's not uh, this, this giant of a, you know, imposing figure. He, he throws when, a
0: beautiful deep ball, but the consistency. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I, I do think that Bama is going to try to, you know, kind of take the, the approach that I mentioned in the earlier segment, I think they're going to try to take the air out of the ball and let Milroe run around, create, and then, Try to uh really get the run game going with Roy Dell Williams. Alabama on paper has one of the better offensive lines in the country, but they've been up and down this year. I think that's what they're going to try to do. I think Tommy Reese and and that offensive staff are going to try to lean on this big physical offensive line, and as much of the onus is on on Jackson Dart and the offense scoring. Pete Golden going back to his old place of employment, and you know this is this is a chance for him to prove all those doubters that were in Tuscaloosa wrong and to make a statement and, and to get some stops. But I'm with you. I, I, I in my mind, when you were talking, I had 31, 21, 31, 23. I think Ole Miss certainly covers and I like him to win outright. I, I think dart is, is ready for this stage. I think that he will be extremely focused and I look for Caden Priestcorn, Zakari Franklin to be on the field and to at least pose a matchup nightmare over the middle because I, we talk about LSU lacking the skill player cachet but you know this isn't this isn't a Bama defense that that has those big, you know, Dante Hightower and Rolando McClain. you know they don't have those dudes right now. At least 3 games through the season, they don't have the big time playmaker, you know, the um Will Anderson off the edge that you have to account for every play. They they don't have that guy right now. So I, I like Ole Miss in this spot. I, I think that Ole Miss finally gets it done and kind of puts the rest of the SEC on notice. I, I think you get a big day from Jackson Dart. I think the run game collectively is enough to keep Alabama on their heels. And I think they hit some big plays down the field. I, I think Jordan Watkins has another big day. Dayton Wade has been just a – a great security blanket for Jackson Dart, and then I, I, I here's a hot take. I think Spencer Sanders accounts for at least one touchdown.
0: Ooh, I like that. But yeah, I, I like, I like Ole Miss that. to win. I like Ole Miss outright here. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I'm, I'm not. I realize this is an old Miss centric podcast, and so I feel like I'm playing to the crowd. But just looking at it, that's what I. If not now, when? Like the, yeah. this is old Miss. Couldn't ask for a better situation. I think they've got the momentum. I think they've got the talent. And if they play well, they should win.
2: Speaking of if not now, then when? Um, Well, now is the time to go check out Homefield Apparel, proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. Hit that line. They sponsor it all. They have got Idaho and Idaho State being added to the collections this week, David. So if you want to get your vandals, year you can go over to home field apparel and get that done they've got some uh super fun designs there um those schools i'm wrapping were, my
0: brain what is idaho state's uh i mascot? think they're the, are they the tigers
2: i can see the logo That's, i i can think the Bambles
0: i knew but the Bengals. Okay.
2: Bengals. i was close
0: i, li- I um, like that yes yeah
2: um so the uh the universities were gracious uh, with their time and with their uh, leniency on the designs, so look for the the stuff to be good there. And then uh, they got some mini collections coming out for games of the week. They've got FSU, Clemson, App State, Wyoming, UCLA, Utah, Iowa, Penn State. That's all coming uh, later this week. And then uh, they're also home fields coming to a city near you. They've got homecoming events coming up in Ann Arbor this week, Bloomington and Athens. Um. So they're going to try to continue to make those events a major part of their brand. And they're going to continue to travel around campuses nationwide and do their happy hour programs, you know, free drinks for anyone. Um, where there's home field, they'll have pop-up shops, exclusive items, giveaways, all that stuff. Find all of that and more at homefieldapparel.com. And don't forget when you get your Ole Miss swag, um, your first purchase, use promo code TOC23 for 15% off. All right, one final word from the other sponsors that bring this show to you, and then we'll get into our picks for SEC football week four. So hang tight, We'll BRB. This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Horse in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoys Fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course olive branch mississippi this podcast also comes to you thanks to bluff city advisory group memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning pension and qualified plan support and business and estate planning strategies as well former Miss rebel and founding partner ben still along with his elite level customer service team make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com
0: Introducing the new and improved BNA Bank mobile app. From setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card, you can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast, and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank. Local. Invested. Modern Banking.
3: Listen to NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you
2: Final segment here on Daytime Fireworks. Zach Berry, David Brandt here with you. All right, let's get into it quickly here and run through our whip around of the SEC. 11 a.m. ESPN, Auburn travels to Kyle Field and College Station. A&M is giving seven and a half here. Oh, I... That's kind of juicy. That's a little
0: juicy right there.
2: It it is. I I really like that out the gate at 11 a.m., and I like the number. I'm inclined to lay them here. I think at home. I think that uh, Connor Wegman and company get it done. Uh, I, it seems like identity has been the theme of this this episode this week. I don't think Auburn truly knows who they are yet. Their offense is is hasn't really found itself with with you freeze. The defense is solid, but I, I like a and m to get it done here and win by two scores.
0: Oh man. For some reason, this feels like a Hugh Freeze special, like where he just comes in, <laughs> has some stuff, in his yeah. I will. Yeah, Hugh Freeze had his issues. Lord knows, we all know it. But uh, he could he could coach them up sometimes. And I I think this is a dangerous game for Texas A and M for some reason. So um, I I think Texas A and M gets it done, but I'm not so sure on the gambling line right there. I think that's gonna be a good game. I, I think Texas AM pulls it out at the end, but they sweat.
2: All right. Yeah, I um I don't know. I, I don't know if I see a dominant win, but I, I like A and M in that spot at home uh to get it done. I mean I can see that too.
0: Like I could definitely see that happen. This just this it just feels like a Hugh Freeze special oh, he? for some
2: reason as an Ole Miss-centric podcast, Ole Miss fans know that he can get in his bag and and make life miserable for somebody on on a Saturday. Right,
0: he he can mess with you. All right,
2: Kentucky traveling to First Bank Stadium just down the road from me here in Nashville to take on Vanderbilt, 11 a.m. SEC Network. Kentucky, they haven't been remarkably consistent or flashy I just think Vandy is just bad. I yeah, mean, that's what it, I
0: was about to say. Vandy lost it, to UNLV ugh. last week, ugh. and they had to
2: and they had to come back.
0: Right, and like UNLV is, you know, you talk about they just made a coaching change. Like that's not like a that's not you know like Fresno State. I watched that's that's a Mountain West team that's got some players and is a problem. Like UNLV, oh, yeah. and no those Navy helmets were I,
2: sharp on Saturday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good point. And Jeff Tenford under coach got one of the best got, in the got that going. Yeah, no, he's a great guy. And it, it was funny doing the post-game press conference with him. We were all in this room talking to Jeff Tenford and in the background, we had the end of the Colorado, Colorado state game happening. And so everybody was like half asking questions and half watching the end of that, <laughs> <game>. <laughs> including Jeff Tenford. He was like, yeah. what? he was like out of one eye. Everybody was wondering what was happening, but, uh, but, yeah, back to the Vanderbilt-Kentucky game. I just don't think Vanderbilt's very good. And so if Kentucky can't win this game, then there's there's some problems.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, Devin Leary hasn't really gotten off to a great start. Um, and I like Kentucky in this spot. I do think that they're going to get this done. That's a homecoming for Ray Davis the running back for mm-hmm. Kentucky. He played at Vandy for a couple of years. years. Um, yeah, I mean, this is – I am not going to watch this game. I, I'm going to be no. honest with you, David. I will not have this one on. You it, can't it get to
0: them all. You no, can't get no. to them all, and some of them it, have to fall by the wayside. That's going to be one.
2: It won't even be on a secondary or tertiary screen. Um, I, I think Kentucky wins an ugly one. Um, I think they could win by 14 points. I, I just – Vandy was spunky early in the year. <clears throat> I thought they might give it a go, and, and Clark Lee had some things rolling, but they're still just Vandy, so I like Kentucky. Um, yep. All right, this one here, maybe not as juicy um, as one had hoped because Frank Harris has been listed as day-to-day, but I think he's going to give it a go. The UTSA Roadrunners traveled to Neyland Stadium 3 o'clock SEC Network, Tennessee going to be itching to get back out there to get off the canvas after getting whipped at Florida. But this one could get squirrely. The line is 20-and-a-half. If Frank Harris is healthy and is effective, the Roadrunners could could cover this.
0: I don't think that's crazy. No, I don't think it's crazy to cover. I I think Tennessee will be – Itching to show that it's still a, a quality team. I think Tennessee gets this done. I don't think it's super close, but that's a lot of points. What'd you say, 20?
2: 20 that's and a, a half.
0: So, yeah. So I, I probably think Tennessee by about four scores, but I could definitely see, you know, a um, 41 to 24 game or something like that. So I, I, I think Tennessee gets it done here.
2: Yeah, the the, the play might be the total 57-and-a-half. I think you could comfortably go over on this one. Yeah, Um,
0: I I feel that. That's the way to go, I think.
2: All right, as we get into the night slate here, one of the uh, more interesting games, if we're staying intra-conference here, Arkansas travels to LSU. Weird that they're playing this so early. Um, They normally get this one in November. Uh, Yeah, that's that's usually... Yeah, it's, it's a Go little ahead. strange to talk about this one right now, but LSU giving 17 and a half. Arkansas just coming off the loss to BYU. LSU just whipped Mississippi State in Starkville. Uh, I know it's a rivalry game. I like Sam Pittman. They've got a good quarterback, but... Ugh. I like LSU to comfortably win, but seventeen and a half. That hook is giving me pause here.
0: Ooh, that's a lot. Uh, I I was thinking that's a lot. Yeah. I I still at LSU. At uh, I think that's just a tough, coming off a loss to BYU. I just, yeah, I think LSU's got it there. Yeah, I like LSU. I, Um, I can see it being like relatively close at halftime, like 17 to 10 or something, and then LSU pulls away and wins you know yeah this is 34, this is a, 17, that that's 17 and a half like you said that thirty. because right. like 34 to 17 i can see that but even that you know like mm. that's ooh, that's that's a tough one
2: And to me this is like two ships passing in the night i think arkansas might be on their way to a tough skid and i think lsu is possibly hitting their stride um I like LSU big. I just don't know if I can go 17 and a half, but I don't think it's ever in doubt. So I like Arkansas or excuse me. I like LSU here. Um, But yeah, that hook has given me pause, but I'm probably, if you made me pick, I'd lay them.
0: All right. Yeah. I like that.
2: The last juicy one we'll get into the other ones are, are, non-conference and we don't have to talk about those, but let's get into Mississippi state traveling to Columbia. This one's fun. These don't happen very often. Um, night game in Williams Bryce is as electric as any place in the country. Um,
0: it is one of the more underrated places to
2: it is. see a um,
0: game. They got look, They got a great fan base.
2: They do. And I'll say this, even coming off a loss, it doesn't matter. They only lost by 10 to Georgia where they were, they put the paws out no, of early. A,
0: right. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was the South Carolina I kind of expected to see this year somebody yeah. that could give Georgia a scare. So I, South Carolina is kind of schizophrenic right now, but
2: yeah. Um, but man, I just do not believe in the Mississippi State offense. I, I joked about that's, letting Will that's Rogers, I'm yeah. I joked about him just calling plays from the huddle. It's just going back to the air raid and just let him do it. I, I don't think that's the worst idea at this point because they cannot score. And I think if 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 Dow Loggins will just get out of his own way and just let Spencer Rattler do his thing, I think their offense is much more dynamic and just, just let him throw it. Let him run around and create. They've got Dak Joyner. They've got Xavier Leggett. Juice Wells is back. They have playmakers. Just let him. I mean, almost like backyard football. Just let him create and just outarm talent people, and you'll be fine. And I think that that's what we'll see. The line is only six, David. I'm laying that feels these points.
0: Like pretty easy money. Yeah, I mean that. that of course, uh, you said that last week with Mizzou. Shout out. <laughs> to Mizzou before.
2: Yeah, the, that was uh, a the, great
0: one over Kansas State. I've got I've got nothing bad to say about the Mizzou Tigers. That was that was a good one.
2: Yeah, the thicker kicker got it done. He saved, uh, he saved Eli Drinkwitz with that one. But yeah, I mean, sometimes Vegas ha- has a beat on these things, but sometimes it's just it doesn't really matter. And I think South Carolina's the better team. They're at home, long road trip for the Bulldogs, and and yeah, I mean, I think the Gamecocks get it done in a big way here. I just think State's just kind of hapless at this point. And if you,
0: yeah, I I I just say, I just don't state it, it just feels watching them as like continually trying to stuff a square peg into a round hole, like over and over again. And I, I hate it for Will Rogers and I hate it for them because I, I think they do have some talent. Um, But unless, like you said, there's some sort of change of heart offensively, I, I just don't think they can keep pace.
2: Yeah. And they've got Bama next week. They get a break with Western Michigan and then at Arkansas at Auburn, Kentucky at A&M that, that, October to November stretch Ooh. is going to be a brutal one. And I'm those bold. are all
0: tough road games because if they were at Davis Wade.
2: Yeah. You give them I a chance. feel
0: pretty good about state. Well, give them a, a pretty good chance, but yeah, all those road games, that's tough.
2: Yeah. All right. That is going to do it for daytime fireworks. If you were just now tuning in or you, uh, Maybe you uh, blacked out when we were talking Ole Miss, Alabama. Both David and I think <laughs> Ole Miss wins outright on the road um, this Saturday, 2.30 CBS. It is going to be a fun one. I- I- if anything, it's Nick Saban versus Lane Kiffin, and you, you know, hopefully this isn't a get-your-popcorn-ready ser- scenario. I don't think it is, but it'll be a good one. Stay locked in at omspirit.com. We will have all of the prep for you leading up to Saturday's game. And uh, we will be back here with you for week five, same time next week. David, pleasure as always. And uh, let's see if we're both on the right side of this next week.
0: Well, we put it out there. Let's see what happens. It's, it's
2: in the ether. We have spoken it
0: right. potentially
2: right. into existence. So people will either we'll, thank we'll us or, or be mad at us next week.
0: <laughs> um, That's how it goes.
2: Yeah, but that's going to do it. We will be back next week. Stay locked in. Talk of Champions Podcast Network. We have more shows coming to you this week. And also, go to YouTube. Do us a favor. Subscribe. Leave a comment. Like it. You know, all that good stuff. So, for David over there, I'm Zach. This has been Daytime Fireworks. Until next time, we out.
1: Say goodbye